family how is everybody doing this evening this is a kilted christian episode 466 we're going to talk a little bit um after we get on a little bit of news about the judgment of solomon 
as well. Um, it's something else that I kind of wanted to talk about right before I got on the show. I ended up uh, digging this one up. Um, Romans 14, 13 through 23. So we're going to be going over those two topics after we get into a little bit of news. I hope everyone had an absolutely beautiful day. Let's get to it. We are many nations around the world, comprised of many cultures, but we stand together in a battle between good and evil. We're the seekers of wisdom, the bringers of truth, the hands of heaven, and the voices of reason. As the world tries to divide us by our differences, we only grow stronger as we are bound together as the children of God. All right. And for those of you that I did not get a chance to say hello to in the opening, how are you doing tonight? Thank you for joining us as well as listening later on. Just uh, living in myself this evening. Um, told Conley, you know, just to, to not overdo it, take some rest while he possibly can. He's got a lot going on in his life, so he should be back here in the next couple of days. And hopefully Little Red will be joining us as well. Maybe Nikki will finally come on here with us as well. That'd be really cool as well. So first off, we'll say hello to my guest for the evening, Livin. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the weather that's coming up. So for those of you that are still in Kentucky, Sean White, talking to you, it's going to be, um, it's going to top out in the high 50s, um, I believe Saturday. So that'll be nice. Yeah, it's a little bit of 39. Um, but you're used to this. You live in the Northeast or you lived in the Northeast. You should know what this is all about. So this is going to be great. Um, hopefully we get a little bit of snow. I'd love to see a white Christmas. I have not seen a white Christmas in a long time. Speaking of someone that understands cold, Steve, brother, how are you doing? Patriot transition boys. You understand what cold is. Matter of fact, I believe right now you are what in the middle of your six months of daytime. Yeah. For those other people that live in Alaska, you know what I'm talking about? Anyways, um, it was an interesting day. None, nonetheless, uh, I'm not sure what's going on in this world tonight, but uh, or this world in general. But we had the the focus of the day seemed to be the removal of McCarthy, and um, it's I'm still torn on this because I don't trust absolutely anybody. Um, but I got to admit, you're right, Matt and Hev Gates did follow through, and um, and it was funny listening to him. All the rats have been pulled out of the castle at this point. Every rhino has exposed themselves. Um, it ended up being the majority of uh, Democrats that ended up voting to get McCarthy out. And the rest of them are trying to explain to us how we don't know what we're talking about. But if you go back and you look in social media and you read all the comments and everything like that, um, all of us, the citizens, were quite ready to get rid of uh, McCarthy because he hasn't fulfilled any of his promises. There's some pretty... You know, some things I get, but there's some pretty big promises. I'm still waiting for the hours and hours and hours of uh, January 6th footage supposed to be coming out. I'm waiting for term limits. I'm waiting for a handful of things, you know, no more spending money on Ukraine. Let's spend it on the United States of America, you know, put a little money back into our country, you know, actually fix the infrastructure and stuff that they always promised they were going to do. So um, glad to see some movement being made. Now, from what I understand, last I read, they have... Uh, scheduled the vote for speaker to be next Wednesday. So we got another week of this um, between now and then another week before they actually start voting. Apparently they're going to vote from a list that McCarthy made, which I think is kind of weird. You know, they get rid of the guy and it's his list that they're going to pick from. Um, but the one thing that I've been seeing a whole lot of, and, and surprisingly out of, out of some surprising people is getting Trump to be um, the speaker of the house, which 
I think would be hilarious at the very least. But uh, and Trump said that he would consider it, you know, so I doubt they're going to go there. There's no way they're going to have the votes to get Trump in there as our Speaker of the House. But that would put Trump third in line. And uh, if Trump was to go in and make the call to impeach the two idiots we've got in there right now, it would be him that would be president until Trump became president again. So um, interesting times, guys. Interesting times that are right ahead of us. But in the meantime, the world continues to turn. And it's turning all over the border and just sending loads and loads of immigrants in here, which we know are not immigrants. Matter of fact, uh, there's a lot of I've been checking um, other countries around this world who are dealing with the same problems that we're dealing with. And they're finally coming out and admitting that these people are, for the most part, sleepers. They're um, soldiers. There's hardly any women. There's hardly any children. It's all men that are the age to be warriors and fighters that are being put around here. So. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play this clip for you real quick. This is uh, Senator Katie uh, Britfer of Alabama, who uh, scorches the mainstream media for refusing to report on the very real story of the southern border. So I'm going to let her tell you how it is. That's exactly right. Senator Graham, thank you for putting this together. Thank you for your leadership. Um, one of the things that you touched on at the very beginning is that Democrats say we have no solutions. I guarantee you, if you take a look at this group up here, we have put forth solution after solution after solution. I mean, you look at H.R. 2 and what you're trying to move here in the Senate. You look at the work you've done. Guys, I would have never seen the border firsthand if this woman didn't know that I needed to see it immediately upon entering the United States Senate. I followed up with a trip with John Cornyn because they care. These people down there, Senator Blackburn would talk to them. She knew them. We walked through and we got to hear women tell us their story. And their stories are brutalizing. And to Senator Cruz's point, if you're not telling it, that's on you. Because when a woman sits there and she tells you not just about being raped, but how many times a day she's raped. When she tells you about having to lay in that bed while they come in and out and in and out, it's disgusting and it's despicable. Folks, you look at the number of people that have died at the border because Joe Biden has made it more and more enticing to come here. Make no mistake, this is a result of failed policies. We could fix this. We can't throw money at this and fix it. We have to actually change the policies. I looked in the eyes of CBP agents who said we're exhausted. We're not only having to be paper pushers, we're also trying to do what we did, what we took an oath of office to do, and that is protect this border. But when they tell you about finding small children who have drowned in that river or pulling a lifeless body of a woman who was pregnant with twins, it changes the way you think about what's happening. Drug cartels, guys, they have their tentacles all over this country. We need you to start telling that story. And no one is going to care about this problem that we have at the border whatsoever until Trump gets back in office. Now, all of a sudden, it'll be a big deal. You know, kids in cages and how dare they separate children from their, their parents and all that neat stuff. You never they don't mention a word about it as long as Biden is the president. But the moment that Trump gets back in office, it's going to be the same exact thing that it was when Trump was in office last time. 
and it'll be a big deal and it'll be all Trump's fault. Matter of fact, it's all Trump's fault right now. This is disgusting. And where is this leading? Besides what she just said, you know, if you guys remember, I went down to the border for a month and a half. Um, I saw all this stuff that she's talking about. I saw things that I'm never going to get out of my head for the rest of my life. And it's gotten substantially worse since I was down there like a year, two years ago. I guess it was about two years now. Yeah, about two years now. So the problem hasn't changed. Two years later, it's worse than it ever was before. But this guy right here talks about exactly what's going on. This is Mark Morgan, um, former acting director of the CBP. Um, And he's talking about sleepers in our country. Literally, it's not hyperbolic to say the next sleeper cell could be in the United States planning the next terrorist attack, and we would have absolutely no idea, and that is in part because of Secretary Mayorkas complete abdication of his constitutional responsibilities. Look, the American people didn't vote for Secretary Mayorkas. They had no say in Secretary Mayorkas. He was placed there. Well, he can be removed, and he should be removed, and his reign of terror should end. Literally, it's not hyperbolic. To- and he's right. He's 100% right. These are sleeper cells. This is no different than, you know, what the Russians supposedly did back in, in the, the 80s, 70s, 80s. Um, if you guys remember the whole Red Scare and, and they were worried about sleeper cells, Russians being put in here just to go on their own day. There was a, a show called The Americans, um, which was this is what this was all about. Multiple, yeah. Bush administration, it's been through multiple administrations that we've dealt with this. Um, And now it's happening on a large scale and they're just pretending like we're too stupid to see what's going on. When all you have to do is go to any, well, I would say honest media source, but you're not going to find too many because the only honest media sources that we've got are people like us that take their time, their hard hard earned money, um, donation run funding to go down and get as much information as you possibly can from the border, um, bringing up the footage and so forth. And, you know, it's just going to get worse and worse. So this is exclusive footage. Um, I can't show you the footage, obviously, but this is El Paso and he's explaining it. Um, everything that they're telling you is a lie. We have traders running our government. This is not failed policy. This is their policy. And this is exactly what they want. And they're just going to, it's going to be a, a big surprise to everybody one day when there's just chaos breaking out, especially within the cities because of these, warriors these fighters that are basically being spread up around our country and then you've got um our state or excuse my not my state anymore where i'm in kentucky now but was in texas obviously and they're taking these people they're moving around the country and they're trying to make it seem like ah oh, we're getting back at them we're sending these people to the sanctuary cities um just to get them out of here no no i can promise you governor abbott has got his hands in the dirty pot just like all these other people and all they're doing is pretending to do something in the favor of Texas while really spreading these people around the countries and putting them where they're supposed to go. So I'm going to let this guy right here, he's been down, um, Ben, ben Bergwam, um has been down at the border for a long time now, and he has seen everything. And all they're doing is moving the drop points and the locations around a little bit to make it look like, oh, they fixed the problem. No, they just moved it about five miles down the road. They're still letting them all in. They're either letting them across the bridge with CVP-1 or they're letting them come out to places like this. And then they simply, Border Patrol simply opens the gate for them and they bring them in. They say they're deporting them under Title VIII. That's a lie. They're appealing their deportation and they're getting stays of deportation and notices to appear. And they're being processed. The entire city of El Paso now 
has basically been turned into a processing center for illegal aliens that continue to come in massive record-breaking numbers. The numbers aren't going to slow down. They're not going to stop. It's not going to get better because Joe Biden and the Democrats and cartel congresswomen like Veronica Escobar are inviting this. I wish we had smell-o-vision. All I smell is urine right now. All coming from the thousands and thousands of illegal aliens that continue to pour through this gate, gate 36 off the 375 loop outside of El Paso, Texas. It's just pure urine. That's all you smell. Another transport van coming to pick them up, like clockwork. So we got a whole other group. We got a group waiting down there, down the wall. We got a whole group right here about to come in. And I got word that there's about 3,000 more on their way to Juarez to do the exact same thing. It's not even slowing down, guys. It's increasing because they're inviting it. This is not failed policy. This is their policy. You know, it's on top of what he's talking about, um, Eagle Pass. I saw another video today of just thousands and thousands of fighting age men. Yeah. I'm going to say like that the most 40, um, but most of them are in their 20s and, and they're just in a big, long line. No problems whatsoever. You've got Border Patrol giving them fist dump, fist bumps. Fist um, pumps when they're coming through. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, really bad. And there are, there are a lot of them. I know. You ever, you ever, when was the last time any of y'all went to an airport? Did you just get to casually walk in and, and hop on your airplane? Well, apparently you only get to do that unchecked as if you're an immigrant coming across our border. If you are any of us who just want to simply take a family vacation to Canada, you end up being treated like a criminal. You go through like four different zones. You get four different pat downs going through all kinds of machines. And, and that's if you're not me and get pulled back into the room every single time. Oh, because, absolutely. Because apparently my kilt shows that I've got like radioactive material in me. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I'm, the, I'm the most unlucky person when I get on an airplane. I always have to make sure that I get there early because I always get pulled to the side. Um, but yeah, so this is what we're watching right now. And they're keeping it quiet. You know, I'm, I'm thankful now uh, that McCarthy's gone. There is a replacement. The um, new replacement, I guess, is out of North Carolina. And, uh, and fortunately, uh, I don't, I'm hoping that Liz Cheney doesn't pop up on that list. Like I talked about last night, cause, oh, I hope not. cause there was talk and they've keeping this list of McCarthy's pretty quiet. We um, gotta keep, pro stop projecting that one in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, she could be she's on that bad. list. Like it is, it is oh. from a list of, oh. of 10 people. So I'm not sure if she's on that, but, uh, yeah, that would be insta civil war. Yeah. Um, but we've seen who we can trust and who we can't matter of fact, Bobart, Bobart um yep. voted to keep mccarthy on so a lot of these people are yeah, doing that the was same thing shocking oh i know well, i was they, shocked that she did that yeah they're they uh yeah i'm not going to speak that into existence i promise and hey purple patriot great to see you um so like i said we got to do a lot of praying you know if we're going to speak anything into existence it's yes. jesus coming back quick, coming back coming yes. back quicker um yeah. You know, and I got a video that I'm going to play a little bit later uh, that, that Jeff sent me. So I talked to Jeff for a while today and um, he's sounding a lot better, but he's still the same thing where he mm -hmm. he sits up for a little bit and then just gets absolutely worn out. And I kind of know how he feels right now because I've been dealing with this uh, for the last like week or so. But um, 
yeah, he's doing he's doing better. He's staying in prayers. He sent me a video about the uh, the next temple um, being built over in Israel. So in Israel, I seen that one. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So here we come. These are the, these yeah. are the times, you know. Uh, Absolutely. So at some point, we should see a couple of witnesses um, hanging out for what two, three and a half years before they uh, get murdered and then r rise again into heaven. Things are gonna get crazy, but at least it's gonna be good because it's it's everything that's been foretold revelation the prophecies are coming through just us to keep on praying for goodness keep on praying for our enemies um and helping each other as much Absolutely. as we possibly can for those that that are you know shied away from god over the last years we need to bring them back we need to get them hot in their hearts again um and then introduce those people that don't know christ that don't know god to god because they're running out of time. You know, God doesn't want us to worry about tomorrow. He wants us to focus on the today because today we have time to act. Today we have time to pray again. Today we have time to wake up that one more person and uh, introduce them to that relationship with Christ and God, which is what they need. So like I said, focus on the moment. Um, fear not. Yep. Fear not. Yes. Um, so next, uh, I got this video right here. So all governments in the world are run by satanic pedophiles. We know this. And the quicker you catch on to this, the better your chance at surviving the spiritual war for um, that they have in you. So um, all of this, a lot of what we're seeing down there at the border is also about trafficking and so forth. So they're, um, they've had people that have been running our governments, which are part of the satanic agenda. And a lot of them are hard to tell, but every now and then you come across one. Um, I can't remember what this guy's name is, but he was like a general. And he's got the little uh, the little eyebrows that look like an owl. Oh, yeah. You guys probably know who yeah. I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, so I'm going to play this little clip for you real quick. Michael Aquino was a high-level officer in the National Security yeah, Agency. Uh, he was and is, you'll see him today, a practicing Satanist. Uh, he created the Satanic Temple of Set, which he still runs. He was a high-level NSA officer. He's a member of the association I used to be in, uh, the Association of Former Intelligence Officers, AFIO. He's a member of that. He's plugged in big time to the intelligence uh, community. And he wrote a paper called Mind War. And Mind War was about uh, psychological operations against, po against populations, including uh, the American, the domestic population, using uh, Satanist techniques and tools. Aquino was first involved in NK Ultra operations during the Vietnam War as part of the Phoenix program. Well, first I've been involved in intelligence and psychological operations for about 40 years uh, in all levels of it and across the intelligence community. You are a lieutenant colonel in the United States Army. Correct. Now. Uh, and it was uncovered that he was running a pedophile ring. I think 50 kids came out and fingered him as the guy that had uh, done sexual acts on them as children. It went to trial. Uh, he, he walked from the trial um, uh, successfully because he had a good attorney, despite the fact that there were multiple witnesses that said Aquino, it, through satanic rituals, had abused them as children. There's no question that he's a practicing Satanist. Just watch any one of his he'll, he'll admit it. He'll admit yeah. it. And I wish that uh, I wish that all Satanist pedophiles look like what they are. You know what I'm saying? That would mm -hmm. be easier to spot. The problem is a lot of these guys look as normal as can be. This guy though got those little um, little eyebrows that look like like owls. They kind of point up, so he he looks evil. But like I said, this is in our military, and 
there's multiple examples of different satanic septs and satanic uh, groups, organizations within our military. Um, and I mean, I guess we do live in a country where you yes. know freedom of religion, which I, you know, so to be it. We, we, yeah, to each his own. Um, I say get with Christ right now because to each his own isn't going to be something that people are going to say that God's going to be like, oh, well, pff, yeah, I guess it is free for religion. Come on in. No, it didn't like that. And uh, this world's becoming evil. The evil's finally getting exposed. And I do thank the Lord for that. People are starting to open their eyes and they're starting to see what we've been called crazy for for the last, I don't know how many years. I think Twinsy says it really well. Evil twisted. Yeah. First. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what they are. It is. Um, you know, one thing that we talked about um, in the past is uh, a war fatigue. And, you know, there was a lot of people that I'm starting to see, a lot of the um, people that were Q researchers and so forth, um, you know, are getting so war fatigued right now. And this guy brings up a valuable point. He says, how did some anons go from, I'm so ready for the EBS, I got popcorn, bring it Q, to uh, stay away from anyone who is jabbed during the EBS, throw away your phone, fill your clothing with tinfoil, and make <laughs> um, make sure that you're loaded up on a stellar crypto for the QFS. And it's a good point. And I've seen a lot of people today that are just like, you know, I know I promised that I would never walk away from the battlefield. Yeah. But it's getting to the point where people are getting legit war fatigue. Yes. It's, I think, well, look at what they're doing to us. So they're poisoning us with food and, you know, the skies. So oh, yeah. it's been a long journey. I mean, think about that, how long we've been doing it. Yeah, we've been in for a while. And, yeah. and even, the, even the best of us, like there's yeah. days... I just don't come and let everybody know that I'm worn out because uh, yeah. I feel like I'm I'm here to motivate and, and get people. But DJ Shaw, it is exhausting. It is and, very much so. And there's some days that I just want to hide in a closet uh-huh. with, with my but my closet lemurs. I'm getting to know them because the EBS thing is tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, don't <laughs> exactly. forget to feed your closet lemurs tonight <laughs> and uh, and release uh. them from the door. Go to your window and make sure that there's no. Uh, zombie munching on your your closet lemur um before you head out yeah tomorrow's uh, gonna be interesting tomorrow is gonna be interesting and most everything never goes to anything yeah but um but i did find out some interesting things right before um i came on so i thought somebody had asked me um (laughs) no mess liars yeah someone had asked me um someone asked me i think it was yesterday or day before um is it just in the united states I thought that it was just the United States, but I am wrong. Okay, so you guys remember back in 2020, whenever Trump was saying, be careful, be, or make sure that you keep your phone on you because you're going to be sending out an alarm, the EBS. Yeah, I think all this worry stuff, you need to forget about the worrying because this is a message coming from the commander in chief. Also from Russia, they're sending the same message out too. Um, from what I hear, Ukraine has surrendered, Russia won that war, and that's not going to be on your typical news station because they don't have everything that we know. Um, things are moving right along, and I think the 10 days starts tomorrow or the day after. It's on a different kind of calendar, the Julian calendar. I don't know. Miller time, help me out. So I'm not quite sure where she was going with the 10 days. Uh, 10 days of darkness is what she's referring to, um, communication blackouts. Um, I'm not sure if I agree with that or not. I've heard that a billion and one times, like, hey, the 10 days is still finally here. But what I wanted to point out here 
is that the United States is going to be having three. So three. Um, we've been, I've been discussing with people, been getting phone calls and text all day asking, you know, what our plans are. Um, our plans are just to put our phone out in the garage yeah. and unplug everything. Maybe wrap um, it in some foil. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't know if it's going to be frequencies or not. Like I said, better safe than sorry. I don't really care about the emergency alert. Um, but get those phones away from you. We should be doing that anyways. We sleep with them next to us too much. We carry yeah. them around in our pockets. You know, we're we're poisoning ourselves with uh, 5G yeah. and stuff anyways. And we're looking down. Yeah. So there's supposed to be three. It was supposed to last a total of a minute, um, but they've given themselves an hour. And then they've also said if they had any issues tomorrow on 10-4, then they would do it on 10-11. So um, they have another backup day in case something goes through with this. But uh, three alerts. One of them is presidential emergency. They're supposed to go through radios, telephones, computers, televisions, um, basically anything that picks up signal and frequency. Um, you're going to be hearing these alerts on Russia doing the same thing. They've got their different version of it, but they are going to be doing it um, at an undisclosed time over in Russia. And I was also seeing that Israel may be doing one as well. So it's interesting. Um, it would have been interesting enough just that happened in the United States. This mm -hmm. isn't uncommon. October is generally when they do these alert tests and so forth anyways, but multiple countries um, is a different story. So well, it's going to be interesting with nobody having their phones in their hands. Maybe we sh we should do a Q and A that says, "What did you do without your phone?" Oh, I know, I know. Well, we should. Just, okay, so we're going to do that. That's a great idea. You know, yep. God, God's forcing us to take a break from our phones. <laughs> right. Our so you guys all got to tell us what you did when we come back on the air. And yeah, exactly. We will make you. We will make you unplug. Yeah, exactly. So you'll have some good ways that you guys uh, put your phones away. I know. Everyone will start seeing colors again. Yeah, right. You'll um, be looking up your neck. Exactly. Water. People, you'll hear like, you'll hear people's Bibles crack open for the first time <laughs> first in like time. years. You know, the little, you open yeah. the book and it goes. <laughs> 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 like those sound effects. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> you know, we, we do, we live in an age where right. we've got like, most people have like at least six Bibles per household in yeah. their home. We have and then, like three by the bed right now. No, we've got. Yeah, three by the bed. We've got three in the living room. Oh, we have the, the military. The, 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 my military one that John gave me, which is uh, my carry around go to. Yeah, so, yeah, founder's if, Bible. If, if you guys see me in war on a battlefield someday, uh, my military Bible that John gave me is like a little pocket Bible. Oh, yeah. I love that thing. I have a 1949 Bible sitting by our bed right now. It's a little miniature one. Yeah. Yeah, those things are really cool. And then I got my Geneva Bible, the Founder's yeah, Bible. Founder's Bible. Yeah. I just need uh, I need more than two eyes so I can read more of them at one time. Exactly, <laughs> right. Um, now, this is interesting, too. So th this woman that put this in there, she goes, I don't idolize um, celebrities, but I'm glad to see Chris Pratt speaking out on patriotism. He absolutely nails it. And Chris Pratt, um, anybody that has a pretty good career in Hollywood, I question. Um, but I will say that Chris Pratt has been very, very open about his love for Jesus. Mm -hmm. Not not just God. He specifically invokes Jesus when he when he mentions anything in his prayer. Um, but also right here about patriotism. So listen to this. If I were twenty years old today and, and I might have had my head in TikTok and Instagram, I might be disillusioned. I don't I maybe I wouldn't know. Maybe I'd need someone to tap me on the shoulder and tell me that my country needs me. Ignite my patriotism in a whole new way. And I say this gently. 
those who are immersed in their own worlds who think their country doesn't need them. And I say this to them with some urgency. It is your torch to carry. Your country needs you. I feel called to be of service in this moment, to help other people better understand what's at stake, to help comprehend what has and continues to make America the great shining beacon on the hill, changing the hearts and minds of young people right now who have either forgotten or maybe never knew just how great our country truly is. That is the work that we all need to do. We need each other, man. We're on the same team. We're the United States of America. When we are one nation under God, we are indivisible. Let us never forget that lest it be lost. It's good for him. Yes. And uh, Truth Patriot, I agree with you 100%. Um, Truth Patriot says, uh, anytime that I hear the unholy, unholy would say God, I clearly question what God they speak of. Um, but at the same time, I always use that as my tell as to who's legit and who's not. Yeah. Because if you don't have the gajones to get up there and say Jesus, Jehovah, Yahweh, I don't care what name you call him, oh. Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Um, that is when I am like, okay, they're a legit person. Because I, I always feel like like evil will burst in the flames if they say the word Jesus oh, and they don't mean it. Um, you know, just the rumors also that you hear about the underground tunnels and so forth where uh, military that are assigned those spots down there are required to sign papers saying that they won't even use the word Jesus in vain, as in like stub your toe and say Jesus mm -hmm. um, to a demon, oh. to a fallen angel. It, it's the same thing. Ah. You know, so oh. it, it's good to hear um, people talk about Jesus. And like I said, that's mm -hmm. always my go to because. You know, there's so many people that go up there, like Pelosi. She she invokes God mm -hmm. all the time, but God's a title. Yes. You know, God God is, is a God of, I mean, anyone that thinks that they're, you know, higher than anybody else falls into that God category. Mm -hmm. There is only one God, and it's I am. Mm -hmm. Yes. And Mary, you're right. Mark Wahlberg is legit, too. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg is, yeah. is definitely, I think that a lot of people are being put into the position where they know time's running nigh. Yeah. So they're being, either being honest finally, or they're trying to find their last chance. Kevin Sorbo is, is one exactly. Mm -hmm. Hey, Nikki, great to see you. Hey, Nikki. Um, yeah, so there's, there's some good, there's some good ones out there. And I always wait for the name Jesus, mm -hmm. period. Well, like I said, or the equivalent of. Some oh, people yes. call, I mean, you know the old argument, it's not Jesus, it's Yahweh, it's uh, Jehovah, yeah. and, and so forth. Look, let's just agree that there was a son of God, and that's who we're talking about. Um, so the, uh, the Dems wouldn't have let Speaker McCarthy sink unless they had their own sadistic plans. So pay attention. And he brings up a valuable point. This is an iron belly. Um, brings up a really valuable point. This shouldn't have been so easy. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Jeffries was the one that told her, um, the Democrats to vote to get rid of him. Um, so ask yourself this. What do the Democrats have planned? Yep. Why was this so easy? Um, and I will bring you that next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, depending if the world still exists. But yeah. now Jesus still has some time. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're, we're still a ways away from that. Disarray. Yeah, but mm -hmm. but chaos around the corner. Um, and this was interesting too. It's kind of 
gross. And actually, I'm just going to read you what Sarah Rose said specifically. Yes. She says, because this is today when Matt Gates was up there and, and he did a great job. He did a phenomenal job. He brought out some value points. The guy really showed how smart he was because the supporters, the Republican Rhino supporters, Jim Jordan, oh, Nikki, he brought up a sore one, Jim Jordan. I'm not even going to go off on that one quite yet, but grr. Um, mm-hmm. So as he, as Gates was up there talking, um, Elon Omar, who, who doesn't really look like Elon Omar. Nope. She's got the, the turban on. Um, she kind of looks like her, but not. She almost looks like another decoy or, or an actress playing her. She yes. just, I, we're, we've seen Elon Omar a billion times. This just quite doesn't, just doesn't look, look like, like her. her. But she looks like she wants to eat him. Yeah, like she's, she's licking her lips. Yeah, she's staring at Matt Gates, like licking her lips, like, mm, you look like a chocolate bar. <laughs> um, so, but here's the response. <laughs> she, the, the lady says, Elon is looking at Matt like he's a double scoop chocolate and peanut butter ice cream cone dipped in a warm, creamy caramel. Her husband would be furious. Oh, my God. Oh God! That's, that, no, seriously, we got. I have to put that in kilted. Yeah, put that in kilted, it's just so you everything. guys can see what we're talking about. But she does like Elon Omar sitting there, like leaning, kind of leaning away, yeah. licking her lips. Like yeah, she's really- got the little eye roll. Like I don't know if she's fantasizing sexually or if she really thinks that he's a Mister Good Bar. I don't know, but <laughs> but husbro, husbro, is right. Husbro is is that was probably the best right there. Um, so then Laura Logan puts this one out today. McCarthy voted for same sex marriage, vax mandates for military, a hundred billion for the Ukraine, the use of um, Medicare to fund USPS, drafting of women, January sixth committee, DC being fifty first state, and amnesty for DACA. So um, if you didn't have a bunch of reasons to be glad that. He's gone. There you go. There you go. And he will not be running again. Um, now, this came out of uh, Steve Bannon. So he's kind of talking about Trump for House Speaker. And uh, there's there's already been uh, multiple recommendations from Congress members that are going to try to get um, get Trump, Trump in there. In there. Um, Trump accepted the possibility. Yes. Um, I don't think he'll even get close to having the votes, but come on, guys. Mm-hmm. How hilarious would that be? It At least be. it would be entertaining. Oh, yeah. I would, I, I, would, really I, would I would. enjoy that show. I would completely enjoy that show. I would get the popcorn, but I'm going to let Steve Bannon um, talk about this for a moment first. Here's, here's the solution. Do you want to compromise in a coalition and to get the people paid and get on with the business and set up the committees? How about this? A hundred days to save America. And in that 100 days, Donald J. Trump will be voted tonight or tomorrow to be Speaker of the House. And the Republicans say we're going to do it for 100 days. And in the 100 days, you get everything set up, all the investigations set up, and Trump begins the negotiations now. Not when they run out of money. They said, oh, the crisis is going to hit us in the summer or fall. Well, that's where they're out of cash, and they can put the gun to your head. We're out of cash. The full faith and credit got to do it. No, let's start it now. We know what this is about. You're not going to hide anymore, and you're not going to lie anymore, and you're not going to spin anymore. And if you want somebody in the room that understands how to do these types of negotiation his entire professional career is doing that is Donald J. Trump. 100 days. Let's get him in the room and let's do the debt ceiling. Let's do all the let's do the spending. Let's talk about the madness and let's talk about the Federal Reserve. Who knows more about money or interest rates than Donald Trump? 
Right now, we're on the verge of spending a trillion dollars on interest a year, one trillion dollars a year, bigger than defense budget. You want to talk about a national security problem? You want to talk running around? We got national security. Got to get Kevin McCarthy right now because this is a national security problem. We got all those guys, military veterans. I honor their service. Honor their service. A national security issue. National security. Here's a national security issue. He's spending a trillion dollars a year more on the defense budget, which is out of control, on interest. That's a national security problem. And I got a solution. And tell me anybody's got a better solution for right now, for this afternoon. Give it hey, how about this? A hundred days of Donald Trump. Let's get him in the room. You don't think their heads will blow up? Oh. You don't think that uh, the Senate, oh, you can't do that. You got Trump. What are you talking about? You don't you want to put it in their ear you want to get up in the grill give me trump for 100 days you give me trump for 100 days and you'll start the process of sorting out this mess and the fact that they hate it so much is the better reason we ought to do it gates trump so you remember uh he did gates did bring this up during the original run for speaker of the house um maybe it wasn't um, i don't know i just don't see him having the votes but it would be so awesome. And I would definitely support that. Um, now, Mary brings up, uh, let me go back. She talks about um, abolishing the Federal Reserve. Okay, so months ago, um, the Federal Reserve was, ab- or was um, absorbed by yes. the Treasury. Mm-hmm. And I've got a video in here, man, it's going to jump around on me. Um, I've got a video in here called No Taxes Any Longer. Um, so check that. Listen to this guy real quick. And this is actually 12 USC 531. Bet you didn't know this. 12 USC 531 exemption from taxation under US code house.gov. What does it say? Effect, in effect, October 1st, 20. Yeah. So remember, I had told you a couple of days ago um, or a day ago, maybe it was, I think it was yesterday. I don't know. I'm in a time loop um, <laughs> that uh, October 1st was going to be the official day of the um, of the uh, Federal Reserve being absorbed yes. into our Treasury. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right here is just verification um, with the actual uh, code. So um, this is dealing with the Federal Reserve banks and taxation. 2023, exempt from taxation, Federal Reserve banks, including the capital stock and surplus therein, and the income derived therefrom shall be exempt from federal, state, and local taxation. Mm-hmm. Ain't that a bitch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it looks like this is happening. Yes, because um, the federal building down there isn't the... It's all locked up. Yeah, that's all locked up, but I actually think they were tearing it down in D.C., if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not sure where that is, but but it's yeah. still interesting because it does verify what I was telling mm-hmm. you about the um the Federal Reserve being absorbed or being absorbed over by the uh, Treasury Department. Now, um, we'll see, but guys, keep an eye right now on the stocks. Now, stocks were almost at thirty six thousand, um, yes, a week ago. So it was about a week ago. I was sitting there watching, going, "Man, it's going to be the highest that it's ever been." Right now, it's um, it actually fell under 32 today. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it ended up, let me see what, what the. So Truth Patriot did see, he saw a, a, a pick of the Fed Reserve all covered up, but then I I, I seen one of them uh, starting to dig. Yeah. Yeah. So 
yeah, a year ago it was at 33,500. Last week it was almost at 36. Like it was up, it was, it was up. And like, I'm, I was like watching it go into new territory. So today it dropped another 430 points at at 33,002. So it is steadily on the decline right now. Um, keep your eyes on this, uh, you know, and keep your eyes out. Remember that the more distractions you see going on in our news and in our country, um, the more they're trying to keep you from looking elsewhere. Absolutely. So uh, keep your eyes open on that. Like I said, fear not, don't worry, be prepared, get your food, get your water. Um, it's coming without a doubt. But like he, um, like Bannon was just saying, who knows more about taxes and money and finances than Trump, you know? So, Oh, exactly. Now the bonus right now that we have to McCarthy being gone. Now he has been um, replaced with pro Tem at the moment, but there won't be any more spending. No. So you won't be, you know, there won't be have loads and loads of money being taken over and sent to Ukraine at least during this time. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And I'm not sure what powers the pro Tim has, but I do know that he has been placed, uh, well, didn't even get placed. It, he just happened to be at the top of the list yes. that, that McCarthy made. Um, so then we've got um, breaking news. So as one of his first acts as acting speaker, Representative Patrick McHen McHenry, who is the pro tem um, speaker right now, ordered former speaker Nancy Pelosi to vacate her Capitol hideaway office by Wednesday. Oh. And um, I had questioned why uh, McCarthy didn't do that. Yeah. You know, so oddly enough, um, the pro tem right off the bat, first move that he made was to get, was to give Pelosi the boot. Um, but if, I don't know if you guys have seen any video or uh, pictures of Pelosi, but it doesn't look like the same Pelosi. There's a lot of people that have gone MIA. Matter of fact, I was thinking about this today and I'd love to hear what you guys, has anyone heard from or seen Bernie Sanders? No. In, I don't know, the last like mm -hmm. year, two years, like. He, I don't recall seeing him. You, you remember, you used to see him like everywhere. Remember, there was even the memes running around when he had his little gloves sitting in the chair that everybody was making. I made like 30 memes out of that myself. Yes. Um, but he is MIA along with a lot. Where's Nadler? Um, Schiff is pretty much MIA. The, these are people that used to see all the time. Um, Schwalwell, you don't see him as much as you used to. Feinstein disappeared until she died. Um, like I said, there's a lot of people that are just MIA. They're just gone. And uh, all, if they, if you do see them, they're probably somebody else playing them. Yeah. I mean, even AOC, like mm -hmm. they disappeared for a while. AOC kind of popped back up. Um, don't know if it's her or not, but uh, where did the whole squad go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause they were always out there yeah. together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. So like I said, there's something going on. They're hiding these people or, or keeping them out of the public. Um, kind of like Biden and Kamala. My mom always says yeah. the same thing. She's like, you hardly ever see Biden anymore. And I'm like, I know uh -huh. you, you think that he wasn't our president. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, if so you look either. at his entourage and you look at Trump's entourage, you, uh, you would wonder what's going on there. Yeah. I know Trump's always got the big entourage. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to tell you how his court went today, but they didn't talk they, about anything. They literally day to day to day, mm -hmm. hour to hour coverage was uh, was this uh, Matt Gates going after McCarthy mm -hmm. thing. Oh, what about Hunter's hair? Let's talk oh yeah, about and then that. Hunter. So 
Hunter had his court today. Um, Sam Bank Friedman had his day in court today. Didn't really talk about either one of those, but Hunter went in with a buzz cut. And I mean like a but like um, like not a high and tight, like almost Buzzed. bald. Yeah, like yeah. buzz buzz. So why would why would Hunter um have a very close shave to the head buzz cut? Mm-hmm. Because Anybody who has ever done drugs and had to deal with getting tested knows that you can get stuff out of your urine pretty quick, Um, but hair follicles hold whatever drug you're doing for a long period of time. So So for seven years, exactly, Nikki. So um, they ended up giving him this buzz cut. He walked in there with it, um, said that he couldn't get it, um, couldn't have be drug tested. Yeah. Um. To me, that would have been more of a reason. I would have been going after the blood at that point. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But did you, I think it was Judge Janine. I can't believe she said this on the five today. <laughs> but um, she goes, and they can get hair from other places. places. But we all know we've seen the laptop. <laughs> he keeps everything pretty groomed. <laughs> I couldn't believe she said oh, that. God. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Oh no, it was pretty bad. But good for her. Um, she, she's a judge. She knows, she knows the tricks. The Brazilian butt wax. (laughs) You said that. Suski. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm actually laughing. It's pretty hilarious. (laughs) He does. He looks, uh, true Patriot says he looks like the movie powder. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. If you guys remember that, that movie powder. Um, yeah, he definitely kind of did look like him. <laughs> so enough of, of the, the speaker. Like I said, we'll get to all that here soon enough. Um, but I want to play this little uh, clip, this video that Jeff sent me earlier today that is all about the te- the temple, the next temple being built. So the third temple is ready to go. The time has come to build a Jewish temple and renew the uh, sacrificial work. So I'm going to play this clip for you real quick. Just 10 years ago, Jesus After was the best kept secret in the... Here we go. Greetings to all of you and God bless you today. I hope everybody's doing well. Folks, I'm going to keep saying it every time I come on here. Jesus is coming and Jesus is coming one day, very, very, very soon. Folks, we continue to see each passing day the stage getting set up for the future building of the third temple. We know according to scripture, that there will be a physical third temple built because the Antichrist will walk into this newly rebuilt temple at the three and a half year mark, the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation period. That's known as the abomination of desolation when he walks into the newly rebuilt temple and declares himself as God. Also in the book of Revelation chapter 11, we see that this will be a physical temple. In Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 to 3, John, when he's on the island of Patmos, records the following. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court, which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand 
203 score days clothed in sackcloth. So we see the measurements of this future temple right there. So this temple is built, and then the two witnesses begin their 1,260-day, or three-and-a-half-year, ministry leading up to the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation period where the abomination of desolation occurs and the two witnesses are killed and resurrect and get caught up to heaven in front of the whole world to see. The bottom line is this, folks. They have everything ready to go. When they get the green light, they have everything ready to go to put this temple up fast. The blueprints are ready to go. The furniture is prepared and ready. They keep doing these reenactments, preparing for a reestablished temple service. They actually have young men that have been training for this reestablished temple service. There are several red heifers that are currently being monitored that if they remain without blemish, can be used in a reestablished temple service. One of them will come to the proper age to be sacrificed either this month or next month, November of 2023. And the goal is to have the sacrifice of the red heifer during Passover 2024. And you need the ashes of a red heifer, one without spot or blemish, to be used in the reestablished temple service. You can read all about that in the book of Numbers, chapter 19. So when they get the green light, they will be ready to put this temple up. When you go to Israel and you talk to the Temple Institute and you talk to others, you will generally get a time frame of anywhere from two to six months for how quick it will be to put this temple up. So once they get the green light to put this temple up, they have everything ready to go, folks. And the cry has never been louder than it is right now for them to put this third temple up. I wanted to go over what I just came across from my friends over at Prophecy Newswatch. Recent article titled, Israeli Movement to See the Third Temple Built in Jerusalem. Let me read some of this to you. Efforts to reestablish a Jewish presence on the Temple Mount made headlines last week as Yair Hanuk, an activist from the Return to the Mount organization, was arrested at a light rail station near the old city of Jerusalem while bringing a male sheep to the Temple Mount with the intention of providing it for a sacrifice. Return to the Mount advocates for allowing Jews to perform the biblically mandated animal sacrifices on the Temple Mount. Listen to this. The time has come to build a Jewish temple and renew the sacrificial works, the organization said after Hanuk's arrest. Several organizations and individuals have made efforts recently to bring awareness to the current situation on the Temple Mount, as well as efforts to rebuild the temple. And so this is interesting. Now, I want to bring out something here. Uh montana dude says and i've considered this as well i've got to consider that the temple could be a simple tent something to consider and you know i'd always looked at it as being this big elaborate tent, but it could be something as simple as a tent erected as the third temple um definitely something to think about and then mary brings up one of my all-time questions that i love digging into always wonder about those two witnesses and you know you guys can go back uh it's Man, it seemed like it may be a year ago that I did um, one on the, the witnesses. Mm -hmm. 
and I went through all the possibilities of yes. of of what Scripture talks about of mm -hmm. who it could be, and I don't have the answer. I don't know. Nobody does, but I do feel still that it's Enoch and Elijah, and the reason that I say that is because it says in Scripture that all men will die once. Um, Elijah and Enoch never died they got pulled straight to heaven so if you remember so if it was moses or one of them who's already died and they came here to be a witness wouldn't they die again and that would mean that that some men would could die twice um now like i said i go back to enoch and elijah's because both of them were pulled to heaven without dying so if they were to be the two witnesses here and then they were to be killed and then rise back up to heaven, um, then they would have met the death that God said every man will die once. So um, other than that, I, I don't know, but to me, um, it just makes a lot of sense. And, and it was it's an interesting dig, um, but like I said, it doesn't matter because we'll know exactly who those two witnesses are that the day that they come. But um, I, I still find it to be just an absolutely fascinating topic. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, Lazarus did die, didn't he? And then he probably died again. Um, but no, I'm just going by, you know, what it says is that all men will die once. So in this case, um, Enoch and Elijah, since they never died, this would be their opportunity to die and then and re-enter heaven. So who knows? But nonetheless, um, interesting topic. Um, and I love to hear your guys' conversation about that. And we'll do another show on the witnesses again because that's so broad and there's so many different um, possibilities um, of different things that are mentioned in scripture that could fall right into the category of other people being as witnesses, Moses being one of them. Um, you know, Jeff, I believe Jeff thinks that it's going to be, Moses is going to be one of them. Um, also what lies within the Ark of the Covenant, mm -hmm. um, kind of falls into possibly who could those be, witnesses be as well. So like I said, one of those things that doesn't really matter in the big picture, um, just like a lot of things, it's just interesting to look into um and like i said anything that gets you excited about looking into scripture and scriptural yep. topics is is a-okay with me and i think god's okay with it too because yeah, absolutely you know you'd rather be you'd rather you go down scriptural rabbit holes than uh <laughs> yeah. than conspiracy rabbit holes that's for sure um so what we got here so i'm gonna go over um a couple of different topics tonight that, that we had discussed uh one of them kind of was a last minute thing. And it's something that I think many of us are going through. And I find it to be an important one is Romans 14, 13 through 23. So um, from the, obviously the book of Romans um, and the big idea issue of personal conviction. Um, love must take precedence over liberty to promote peace and pre um, prevent stumbling blocks. Now, why is this important? So Paul has just explained in 14, one through 12, that neither the weak nor the strong should judge one another. And now he shows specifically what he meant by um, for the strong and why it means this. So the strong must decide not to damage the faith of the weak with respect to their traditional dietary practices by putting social pressure on them to eat food that they consider forbidden. Now, it is a lot more broad than, than just this, but if the strong, by their contempt and example, lead the weak to eat food they consider ceremonially or ceremonially impure, then they will at least create distress for the weak and the worst destroy and tear down um, their faith. 
That's the important part of this is not creating stumbling blocks for your brothers. Look, we all are trying to get a stronger relationship with God, a, a stronger relationship every day, serve God in the best and the greatest ways that we possibly can. And sometimes um, we fall into the thing, you're definitely not myself because you know me, I'm the first person to admit that I'm no biblical scholar. <laughs> that keeps me humble in, in the word at the very least. I'm never going to come across as I know more or I'm better than you. Now, some seasoned Christians do have a tendency to come across that way. And um, that was one of the reasons I think I've discussed it took me so long to consider myself a follower of Christ or a Christian was many of the Christians themselves making me feel judged, making me feel like I wasn't worthy, that I would never be worthy. And one of those things that some people accidentally do is they destroy the faith of someone that they care about, someone that they love um, by putting roadblocks in front of them. You know, maybe they see, you know, they, they have their own conversation with God, but every one of us has our own conversation with God. There's not one person on this earth that should call themselves or act as if they are the authority on scripture. We are here to help one another grow. We are here to learn as much as we can. We are here to teach each other, but never make anyone feel inferior to another Christian. That's not what Christianity is all about. As a matter of fact, you will be held accountable by the Lord Almighty if you are one that creates a stumbling block. Um, the word, the people that have the biggest ability to do this often are preachers mm -hmm. um, who will go into their church and they'll mislead their flock. And what happens is these people end up losing their own faith because they feel like they're not worthy. They've been judged. And I've had some experiences like that in my life where people are making me feel like this, like kind of like this, like God's given me a word um, and that's the word. And it doesn't matter if you think you've talked to God, you're actually just talking to Satan because I am the authority, you know, mm -hmm. and that's very damaging to yes. someone who's trying to, to be a better Christian, someone who's trying to know more, someone who's trying to learn these scriptures, the verses, someone who's trying to walk that narrow path and help other people into that narrow path. Our job is to help people. It's to lift each other up when we fall, not kick them when they're down. And none of us are the authority. Matter of fact, we should be able to give or have a conversation about what God may have spoken to you. But remember, God also speaks to me. God speaks to you. God speaks to you. And God speaks to you. We're all on our own separate missions. And as long as it doesn't deviate from the word itself, we are good to go. Um, so like I said, it's, and sometimes it's not even a purposeful thing. Sometimes it's an accident because you think you're doing better for someone by, you know, helping them out. Now there's nothing wrong with saying, look, um, you may do this better or scripturally. I think you, you know, you know, maybe you ought to look at it this way. We're here to grow. We're here to help each other grow, but never come across as you are an authority um, more so than anyone else, because we are all God's children and God speaks to us in his own ways at his own times. And what God blesses us with in conversation is here to help others, not to harm others. Mm -hmm. And you will be held accountable at some point. I'm not, I'm not pointing anybody out specifically, no one here. I'm just bringing this up in general. Um, you will be held accountable if you do stumble. Um, 
the little ones, if you make them stumble and you get them to be um, insecure about, you know, following that path and, and, and find that relationship with God or someone who is like myself, who has really doing what they can over the last six years, really trying to get to understand scripture and know God and that stuff a little bit better. When you go up and you do, you talk to them, to somebody, you, you judge them. And what happens if they turn away from God? Yes. What happens at that moment, they walk away from God because they're like, you know what? I'm never going to get this right. I'm never going to be worthy of God. And none of us are. None of us are worthy of God. God just loves us that much that so he's given us a chance to get into heaven. He's given us an opportunity today, even amongst this chaos, to bring new Christians around every single day. Jesus and God uses everything. We get the mercy. Exactly, Nikki Knight. Um you know, I just found this to be an important one because, like I said, I've seen a lot of examples of this, um, just especially over the last couple of months, where I know some people are well-meaning. And Jeff and I had a really long conversation about this today, and he said the same thing. He goes, I've even found myself to be indignant where I, I thought that, you know, I was the more righteous than someone else. I was like, but we are only righteous because of Christ. I think Mimo put it up there right here. It says, we are the righteousness of Christ. Exactly. Um, you know, so... It's a matter of doing what you do with love, not judgment, and never acting like, because I mean, what's the worst thing in the world is, is thinking that you have had the most wonderful conversation with Christ, mm -hmm. that God is talking to you. God is, is patting you on the butt and saying, get out there and go do your thing for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you just feel so good about it. And then someone wants to go rain and you're praying and be like, well, actually God told me this, you're wrong. Yes. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like how detouring, how it's such a, a detouring thing to be talked down to like that, especially from another Christian who is supposed to be there to help you, help you, you get know, through it. To, to, yeah, to help you get through these times, to have a better understanding of Christ um, coming across is that they know more about you than, or more to, about God than you do. And it's like, we are all in the, in a working process. We are, and a learning process. Every single day, we become better Christians than we were the day before. We are all sinners. We all come from a terrible place at one point, and by the grace and mercy of God, we are where we are today. And we should always, like I said, do everything with love and do everything with, with the gentleness of a child, and we can't ever forget this. So exercising Christian liberty is very much like walking a tightrope. As you walk the rope with balancing pole in hand, at one end of the pole is the love for others, and at the other end is Christian liberty. So when these things are in balance, your walk is as it should be. So Martin Luther had it right when he began um, to uh, treatise on the freedom of a Christian man by saying, a Christian man is a most free Lord of all, subject to none. A Christian man is is a most um, dutiful servant of all, subject to all. We are all immensely free in Christ. Our only bondage is the bond of love to our fellow believers. So it is our Christian duty when exercising our freedom, not only to think about how our actions affect us, but others as well. We must always remember that it is not our display of Christian freedom that commends our faith to the world, but our demonstration of agape love and agape love is, is something that's kind of new to me that I've, I hear a lot of you guys talk about, um, you know, often as well. And 
there's no more beautiful love than the agape love. So a Christian man is a most dutiful servant of all, subject to all. We are all immensely free in Christ. So remember, um, first and foremost, is that God has a special relationship with all of us as his children, but also individually. Um, You know, my favorite color is green. Yours may not be. But it doesn't mean that your favorite color is wrong. It just means that mine's different. Well, God is no different. When he talks to each one of us individually, he talks to us in a way that we can understand, that we can perceive. He wouldn't talk to uh, living the way that he would talk to me because we have different perspectives on some things. So our, our lessons, our words come from God in a way that we get, a way that we completely understand. So... um. It is our Christian duty when exercising our freedom, not only to think about our actions that affect us, but others as well. And as Christians, we should always do that. Matter of fact, um, I tend to think about others before I think about myself. I, um, I, I believe I told you, you know, my sins um, growing up were more self-destructive than they were outwardly destructive. So you've got outwardly destructive sins. Um, which can harm others, but you have the self-destructive sins, you know, which um, ultimately can hurt others as well, but they mainly harm yourself. And it's not that one's better than the other. Um, It's just looking at it in a selfless manner, um, having that conscience of not wanting to harm or hurt other people. So thinking about them as well um, as you're thinking of yourself. So the strong, mature Christian voluntarily limits his freedom out of love for his weaker brothers and sisters. So sin is not just a private matter. Everything that we do affects others, and we have to consider the impact of what we do. So God created us to be independent um, or interdependent, not independent. So we who are strong in our faith must, without pride or condescension, or condescension treat others with love, patience, and self-restraint. Nothing like food should be so important to us that we insist on having it even at the risk of harming another. Um, so just keep that in mind is that we were meant to be interdependent, not independent. So um, I just wanted to go over this. And, and, you know, so Paul uses a play on words here. The word translated determine is the same word translated to judge. Earlier in the sentence, we might paraphrase. Don't judge your brothers, rather judge yourself so that you don't put an obstacle or a stumbling block in your brother's way. Keep in mind that in this chapter, Paul is talking about um, non-moral matters where the Bible does not give clear commands. He is not talking about judging your brother regarding sin or serious um, doctrinal error, um, which we need to do, God asks us to do, um, but rather on non-moral or secondary matters. So remember God asks us to judge simply, um, you know, never be afraid to call a sin out to someone because that may be what ultimately gives them that, that salvation, a, a stronger relationship with Christ that they needed. Um, you know, so we were asked to judge, but we were not asked to be the judge. Mm-hmm. You know, God, the only judge is God. God's going to be the one to come down and judge the individual. Our job is just to make sure that people understand. Yes, re- rebuke without condemning. Thank you, Matt and Ev. That's what I'm looking for right there. So that I just wanted to go over. Like I said, I, I see that a lot. And it's one thing that a lot of people do it 
um, out of love and kindness. They want to help you, but they don't realize sometimes that they're actually could be harming your relationship rather than helping. And our job as Christians is definitely not to make someone turn away from that narrow path. Our job is to get them excited about Christ, to introduce them to Christ, bring them down that narrow path, lift them up when they fall down. That's our job right here, not to detour somebody to where they end up walking away from God because, trust me, preachers are going to be held accountable for that the day that Christ comes back because many of them do that to their congregation and a lot of other people who um the indignant, the the snobby, the I think that I'm better than you Christians out there that are often the weekend warriors, the ones that go to church on Sunday and then sin the rest of the week are also the first ones to try to tell you what you're doing wrong. Got to be very careful about that. Remember, we're, we're Christians. We're meant to love, not to harm, and not to make somebody feel like they're not worthy. Because remember, hmm. none of us are worthy of God. He just gave us his grace and his mercy. We are lucky and we should be thanking God every single day many, many, many times. So um, the next part of my topic tonight, which was the original one, was uh, the judgment of Solomon. And I've talked about Solomon before. Um, there's certain people, certain, uh, I always say characters in the Bible, but they're not characters, they're real. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, that I just, yeah, they were real. that I tend to love more than others. <laughs> you know, yes. I love Paul. Yeah. I love Simon Peter. You have your favorites. Yeah, I've got my favorites. Yeah. Um, but Solomon's one of them. So um, the judgment of Solomon is a story from the Hebrew Bible in which Solomon um, ruled between two women who both claimed to be a mother of a child. So they were, I believe they were prostitutes, if I remember it correctly. And uh, they both ended up um, living in a home by themselves um, to, well, together, but not with anybody else. And they both had child um, within a couple of days of each other. One of the children died. The other one survived. Um, but both women um, ended up claiming the child that survived. They both, you know, because they didn't want to, you know, be a mother of a lost child. They wanted to have their child still. So they went to Solomon, um, each woman, and Solomon reached out to God because one thing about Solomon is he, he was wise. And he reached out to God and God gave him, you know, what he needed to do. And the reason I'm bringing this one up today is because we talked about the importance of discernment and the importance of wisdom, um, especially in these coming days. We're, we're walking into a very unfamiliar time. Um, we've got a battle that we can see. We've got battles that are taking place around us that we don't see. Um, but wisdom is the power. Yeah, thank you. Is the power from God. Thank you, Matt and Hev. And um, I've said before is that knowledge is valuable, but knowledge is dangerous without wisdom. Wisdom cannot be used to harm. No. hurt or anything it can only be used to do the right thing in this case taking the knowledge that we have of this world and using it in a way that's going to benefit other people help other people help ourselves help us grow closer to god important things so solomon was very very wise and god gave him you know we get into situations like this where we can make irrational decisions because we're just fed up with with stupidity um, we see that every single day, which is why it's important to reach out to God for the wisdom, because God's always going to have us do things the right way, just like Solomon here. He ordered the baby that was surviving to be cut in half, in which um, each woman would receive half of the baby. So the first woman accepted the compromise as fair, but the second begged Solomon to give um, to give the baby to a rival, preferring that the baby live 
even if it wasn't to be hers. So Solomon ordered the baby to be given to the second woman as her love was selfless. No mother would have their child killed. No mother would nope. would be okay with having their baby cut in half so that they got equal parts of it. So in this wise move by Solomon, he made the basically had the women admit their true heart, their true sincere love. And the one whose baby actually died was literally willing to have this baby cut in half. Ugh. You know, that way, well, at least she didn't get her. Yeah. But the mother who truly loved that baby that was absolutely her baby would have rather have seen the baby be put into the hands of another woman and never see that baby again than to have that baby killed or harmed. So Solomon ordered the baby be given to that second woman at that point um, and oppose the first woman's selfish disregard for the baby's actual well-being. Um, some consider the approach to justice as archetypal um, example of an impartial judge displaying wisdom and making a ruling. And I love this story because it just shows that, you know, humans make some pretty crappy decisions. decisions you yes. know, um, just imagine, look at the judges that we deal with today and, and the way that they get to the bottom of things. And it's often corrupt. Um, it's done through, you know, like, who's going to give me money? What am I going to get out of this type of thing? And Solomon went straight to God and ended up getting that, that wisdom. So the biblical narrative, um, 1 Kings 3, 16 to 28, recounts that the two mothers living in the same house, each mother of an infant son, came to Solomon. One of the babies had been smothered, and each claimed the remaining boy as her own. Calling for a sword, Solomon declared his judgment. The baby would be cut in two, just like we had just said. So the king declared that the second woman, the true mother, as a mother would be giving up her baby if that was um, necessary to save its life and awarded her custody. The judgment became named throughout all of Israel and was considered an example of profound wisdom. So classifications and parallels. The story is commonly viewed in a scholarship as an instance or a reworking of a folktale. Um, the folkloristic nature is apparent, among other things, and the dominance to each speech which the plot contributes to the characterization. Now, these stories are all very, very real. And it's amazing how a lot of these, uh, you know, depending on where you're going to read um, the different theolo theology, and Jeff's always talked about the dangers of theology, is because theology is man's perspective. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you can read there's certain things. Because like I said, is a lot of the scripture, you hand to 10 people, they'll read it in 10 different ways um, and have different, you know, so it gets dangerous when you start reading man's or woman's opinion of what they're reading as compared to actually going through and reading the scripture itself. So um, the origin of this, because remember um, the, the bloodlines and so forth. So Solomon um, was the son, I believe the son of David, if I'm not mistaken, um, who also was favored by God, but ended up doing some pretty questionable things himself as well. But to me, that just adds to the reality of who we are as people. Mm -hmm. We are all sinners. And even some of the greatest people that you saw in the Bible, the ones that took down the giants, ended up doing um, some pretty questionable things because they were still human. And it wasn't for Jesus coming back and giving us this opportunity that we've gotten right now. We'd all be damned to hell. 
We'd have we have no chance whatsoever, and we wouldn't even be having a show called Kilted Christian because <laughs> no. we'd all be going to hell. Exactly. Um, you know, so that's why I'm, I'm thankful to God every day, and I thank Him. I thank God daily, just for loving us enough to get us to the point we are now, having the patience with us that um, got us to where we are now. And we still had oh, free yeah. will. We still had the ability to make the choice or, or not. Um, yes, we do. But but God loves us enough to give us that choice, to give us that opportunity. And it's also exciting because, you know, I had mentioned earlier about, um, you know, God, anybody who goes into Scripture, God doesn't care why you're going into it. Reading Scripture, if you're trying to put the puzzle together, if you're trying to go through Scripture and read about certain, you know, characters or certain people within the Bible, um God would rather us go down a scriptural rabbit hole than anything. There's nothing that I'm sure that just makes God cringe more than a Bible that's been sitting in your house for like five years that you have to blow the dust off of yeah. it. And then the book cracks when you open it because the spine's never even been opened. Um, you know, that's why we all need to get further back into scripture. Take that time. I kind of hope we get 10 days of darkness coming I do up. Too. You know, we can all dig into our Bibles. Then we can sit by the fireplace. Sit by the fireplace, exactly. <laughs> reading, or the fire pit. Reading Matt scripture. And get, come Matt, over. Yeah, get Matt and Hev and, and Sean, Sean White. White, exactly. Yeah. Um, foot, footloose. Yeah, Footloose. Come hang out. Yeah, exactly. MSM Liars, yeah. right down the road, man. Bring the family. I can't forget John. <laughs> I know, man. I've got the burgers. Oh, yeah, John. And we, the, and the grill. Burgers. And the grill. And the grill. We are set up except for the greenhouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, I <clears throat> Matter of fact, uh, anybody coming over, <laughs> you can help us build the greenhouse. <laughs> yeah, we'll feed you a burger if you help us. We can't read Mandarin. <laughs> I know. Go goober great for everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, we have it here at our kin store. Yeah, and I got to thank uh, Moon Wolf, too, because... Uh, um, living in Moonwolf, yeah, got the uh, the got chicken the coop, or or as we like to call it, the bigger repentance cage. Yeah, it's for the little repenter. Yes, and Nikki, yeah. um, the chickens are welcome, but as long as you come with them. Yeah. Well, yeah, she comes and drops them off. <laughs> you can you can live with the chickens, Nikki, if you'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big pen, so there's plenty of room. <laughs> oh yeah, we got plenty of room. Plenty yeah. of room. That that's yeah. what will be I, when I mess up. That's where I'll be sleeping. <laughs> well, the, you might and, as well go there tonight. And no, it's like I'm a like chicken. Kidding. It's like a chicken coop in a chicken coop. It is. It's, <laughs> it's huge. It's twenty feet. Twenty feet by what? Twenty. Yeah, it's twenty feet by ten feet. Yeah, by ten, ten or fifteen, something and, like that. And Steve, I will take the rooster as long as it doesn't talk. <laughs> it crows. <laughs> yeah, I know. Can you remove the voice box of a rooster? Okay, so John owes her a date to White Castle, and I guess we're the only ones that have White Castle. Oh, do, not, I don't I'm think not. we have a White Castle here. I don't think so. Oh, that he's she's talking to, to John. Oh, okay, I was about to say I don't think we have a White Castle here. Yeah. Definitely not in Flemingsburg. Uh uh. But maybe in Moorhead. Ooh, that could 53 be. miles away. <laughs> that better be the best White Castle burger I've ever had. No kidding, huh? Yeah, Lexington. I figured that was probably be the closest one. That's not too far. Yeah, and then, then we don't, you know, the one thing that I'm surprised that we don't have here <laughs> is a Kentucky Fried Chicken. I know. 
<laughs> Did you just see what Steve? You you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that to him. <laughs> what is is there such thing as a rooster muzzle? <laughs> a rooster muzzle. <laughs> 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 Leave it to you, Steve. Oh gosh. And Bryn, did you get home safely? I assume you got home safely. Longest trip I think anybody took. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I hope she did. Well, she's in here, so she got somewhere. Yeah, you got somewhere. <laughs> yeah, our um, I think uh, Patriot Tradition Voice and Purple Patriot um Voice. They left, live in Alaska. They they left for the evening, but they yeah. are literally right down the road from you. Like literally. Oh yeah, you should go see Marcy if you want your hair done. She yeah, does amazing work. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Especially if you want it colored. She's yep. pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Stephen Marcy. Um, and once again, for you guys that weren't here, um, we'll get in the prayer here in a moment. Um, Steve and I did a Patriot Transition yes. Voice for, I think, two years. We we had um, how many episodes? Like oh, seven hundred. I think so. About seven hundred episodes, and um, with their killer mods. Yeah, with a killer yeah, mods. Jeff. That's, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff was one of and our mods. Purple. Exactly. Purple Patriot. Purple Patriot. Um, yep. Yeah. I don't think that's AK no. Steve. AK twenty one is uh is it twenty? I think it's twenty one is uh he does live around Steve though. Yeah. Not far from what I understand. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be it'll be cool. And so we're gonna be doing a show again mm -hmm. um because both of us have dealt with um drug abuse, yeah. uh, alcohol abuse, and so forth. And recovery. So, and recovery. So we're going to be doing a show specifically dedicated to that called um, Faith and Recovery. Yes. Um, where we will be having people come on, giving their testimonies, and then the importance of, of you know, finding God as your big um, go-to when you're breaking these habits. Um, having people come on, give the testimony about it, probably be three days a week. Um, yeah. I will let you guys know on when that goes up, but that will be a video show. Mm -hmm. So that'll be, it'll be pretty cool. So I will definitely let you guys know as we get into that. Yeah. That's just kind of like going back to how Patriot transition voice was in the beginning. It was on uh, Foxhole. So you'll be able to see Steve and, and Joseph. Exactly. And I'll still, nice. I'll still be doing this one um, yes. seven days a week. So this yeah. isn't going to change. Um, the only change that's coming is, is that Jeff, Jeff will be back. Gonna be back. Yeah, we oh, we wow. we had a long, nice talk today. He misses you guys terribly. Mm -hmm. Once he's getting to that point where he can get up and sit up for a full show, Jeff will be back with this. Um, he was just right. telling me how much he missed doing the show. Um, and I needed to hear that. Yeah, we we both needed to hear that. You know, prayers up for both of them, him and Insidious. Yeah. Keep them in your prayers because, you know, life is getting rough out there for a lot of people. And Jeff is not doing too well. So uh, Insidious is carrying the load. So let's make sure we keep her in your prayers. Exactly. And we're going to be um, setting up a Gibson Go yes. for Jeff here within the next week. Yes, we um, are. Just to get him a little bit of help yes. because um they're worried right now that uh with the next pandemic and the yeah. next lockdowns coming down that she will be the first to leave because she won't get vaccinated absolutely and then not will, she was the, just hired recently yeah so. and then they'll have a zero income to their you know so we're just trying to help them get ahead of the game because mm -hmm. jeff feels terrible that he's not being able to contribute to the family because Jeff's mm -hmm. a man's man. You guys know Jeff. Yeah. He would die for his family and this is killing him right now. So yes. um yeah, so we will 
be getting up a little gives and go um, mm -hmm. just to kind of help them get back on their feet here soon. And, and I will be donating. Yeah. Um, I'll be donating a good bit myself. Um, yes. Like I said, we, we got to watch out for each other. And mm -hmm. yeah. We'll yeah, do and it. we want to see Jeff back up and healthy too. So get him back on Brothers in a Bible and Celtic Christian and being a mod at Patriot Transition. Exactly. We were going a different name. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were gonna do it um a couple of weeks ago, but um other uh gifts and goes came yes. up that were important at that moment mm -hmm. and then the festival and we didn't want to overwhelm anybody. No. And so that's why we we actually were gonna start it a month ago and decided just to wait. Exactly. So we will be putting it up this week, though. And then, but but he's been reading the books that were purchased. Um, mm -hmm. You know, going through, and that's going to be a reverend here at some point, a pastor, yeah. a reverend, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. And he's the perfect one for it. So he he's done a lot for us. So we'll definitely give him a hand. So and I know you guys will reach out and help him as well. And we love you so much for that. But in the meantime, what do you say we get into a little bit of prayer? We're at eleven fifty six. So. Everyone, please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again for another day. Thank you, dear Lord, for just giving us this opportunity to come together and, and speak about different verses and different people in the Bible, different lessons. And dear Lord, it's it's much for me as it is for anybody else. We're we're all works in progress. We're all learning. And, you know, I, I do a little research and people throw right back to me here in the chat and I learn more and hopefully I'm helping them as well. But dear Lord, nonetheless, as you brought us together as a family in your name, dear Lord, let us be very careful about what we do. It's so hard right now not to get caught up in the flesh, to get caught up into this world. We need to always keep a foot in heaven, dear Lord, always keep our eyes in heaven and, and bring that heaven to earth, dear Lord, so that we're making the changes here that we need to. Dear Lord, let us help other people that don't know you yet find you let us take those lukewarms and get them fire again dear lord so that they're stepping up and, and performing their missions that you had planned dear lord let us teach our children to know who you are from the moment they're born let them understand the importance of prayer the importance of being here for one another the importance of knowing you dear lord if, if we had done this a long time ago we would not be in the mess that we're in right now but you knew this was coming you knew that this day would be here dear lord so let us make up for it. Let this war be on our watch, dear Lord, so it doesn't have to be on our children's watch. They didn't bring this on. They don't deserve it, dear Lord. And we need to do everything that we can to protect them. We need to make more millstones to get rid of the evil in this world, dear Lord. But dear Lord, let us love our enemies as difficult as it is sometimes, dear Lord. Let us love, truly love our enemies. They have the ability to be some of our greatest warriors and build our army and complete missions that we can't even complete, dear Lord. Having lived in the darkness, dear Lord, they can bring a lot to the light. So, dear Lord, let us continue to pray for those enemies. Let us have faith and the same patience with others that you've had with us. Dear Lord, the day that people that hated on us, called us names, spit in our faces, come back into our lives, dear Lord, recognizing what we've been talking about for a long time. Dear Lord, let us not clench our fists. Let us open up our arms. Let us give them a big embrace and a hug and just ask at that point that you give us the wisdom that we can bring to them dear lord let us continue our missions of making videos speaking to people reading scripture spreading scripture spreading that gospel from nation to nation like you asked us to dear lord on the days where it gets tougher dear lord let us stand strong let us never turn our backs on you dear lord ever let us never forget that every beautiful thing that happens on this earth is because of you and dear Lord, even the things that we find in the midst of chaos, things that seem to be turmoil and, and trials and tribulations to us, 
we grow stronger from that, dear Lord. So instead of turning our nose up and walking away from you, let's embrace those times. Let us utilize those times to give us the wisdom that we've been lacking, to give us the strength that we may not have, to give us the courage that we need, dear Lord, to take that fear and to shove it down in our guts, to walk right into that battle knowing that you're right by our side. Whether bullets flying by our head or not, dear Lord, we know that if we were to die on that battlefield, we'd be dying serving you. And there's no greater honor than to die serving you, dear Lord. So if you find us on our knees, I just ask, dear Lord, that you be in prayer because every war begins with prayer. Before the sword even comes out, dear Lord, let us let us pray. Dear Lord, let us never fall to our knees in defeat. When the devil stares us in the face, let's look him right back and smile, knowing that you're going to get us through this, dear Lord, and that there's nothing the devil can do that you can't change, that you can't fix, that you can't destroy. Dear Lord, you are the one that are going to make the judgment, not us. But dear Lord, let us be very cautious and very aware of what we do, not to harm others' trials, not to harm others' paths that they're taking to find you, to get closer to you. Let us always be there to encourage them, to help them, to love them, dear Lord, never to make them feel less. Dear Lord, none of us are deserving of you. None of us deserve anything that you give us, but you find it in your heart as, our, as your children, dear Lord, to love us anyways and to give us the opportunities that you had even sacrificing your very own son so that we had an opportunity to get into heaven and to find that salvation. So dear Lord, let us never miss a day where we're not thanking you for what you've given us. Never let us miss a day where we don't pray eight, nine, 10, 14 times a day, if not more, Father, because that is just at least recognizing that we recognize you. Dear Lord, let us always be at the tip top of our game, dear Lord. Let us fear not. Let us walk into any situation with the confidence, dear Lord, that that we should have being your followers, being your servants. Dear Lord, let us make every day begin with you and end with you and then fill our days in the meantime in the in-between with your love and your grace as well. But Father, we love you with all of our hearts and we thank you for every night that you give us, every extra day, because you gave us today, dear Lord, but you did not promise us tomorrow. So we do get another day tomorrow. Let us utilize it to the best we can. Let us make every second count. Let us have one foot in the kingdom, one foot on this earth, making the changes that need to be changed down here right now while we have this opportunity, dear Lord. And never let us forget to repent for our sins, dear Lord, so that we can mend our armor every single day as we're going to need it. This isn't just flashy armor that we wear to look cool. This is armor that need we need every day to protect ourselves, dear Lord, especially as we get closer to this battle. But dear Lord, thank you for trusting in us. We love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Beautiful prayer. Well, thank you. And uh, I would say, Conley, it was great having you here. We <laughs> gave Conley the night off. <laughs> he needs, he needs oh, some breaks. I miss Conley. Exactly. Yes. Um, Nikki Knight, uh, I'd love to have you on this week. If you're still here, sister, uh, get with me and let me know a good day to bring you on and a good topic you want to talk about. Um, the rest of you guys, I love you very, very much. And I'm so thankful that we get the opportunity to spend our evenings with you. You guys bring so much. Um, I learned so much from you. Yes. Um, like I said, this is all about growth. This is about our growth, understanding a little bit more about scripture, God, and realizing how we're not very different from what the apostles and disciples went through back in their own time. We are that of today. We're just trying to make a difference in this world trying to serve God, spread that gospel, understand the gospel a little bit more every single day. 
And I'm just grateful to be able to share my journey with all of you because you guys are making me a better Christian every single day. And I am thankful, but I want to thank you all so much for joining us for a Kilted Christian episode 466 Solomon. Um, tomorrow night we will be getting into the fasting prayer that I talked about as well. Yes. Okay. Um, and I just want to thank you all. So have an absolutely beautiful evening. I'm not sure if there's any other shows on tonight, but you guys know where to find them. But I love you all very, very much. Um, we'll be back tomorrow for Kilted Christian episode 467. We're going to talk about fasting. In the meantime, I don't have an extra yet. Oh, but I can I say good night? Good night, everybody. Have a good day tomorrow. All right. Thank you, sweetheart. Yeah, I love you. I love you too. No extra. Um, but I do have the stars, or I do have the uh, Star Spangled Banner. So I guess we shall play that instead. Guys, I love you all much. Good night. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we held at the twilight's last stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets Everyone have an absolutely beautiful night. Remember this, fear not, stress not, worry not. Let go of the anxiety because we are lucky enough to know how this ends and that's God wins. If you don't believe me, go to the very last book, very last book in the Bible and you'll see that I'm right. But guys, I love you very, very much. Have an absolutely beautiful evening. We'll be back tomorrow for Kilted Christian episode 467. We're going to talk about a little bit of news and a little bit of fasting. Guys, have an absolutely beautiful night. We love you. And God bless.